0: What is going on, everyone? This is episode 14 of the Attacker Zero podcast. As always, I'm Carter Noble, your host, joined, as always, by our wonderful co-host, Carl Wilkin. Carl, what's a good word, man?
1: We crowned a Mythic Invitational Champion this weekend. Uh, congrats to Andrea Mangucci for his masterclass on Esper Control. Those those were the matches that stuck out to me the most, for his matches he played Esper Control. Um...
0: Um, I know he played Esper and then Mono White. Um, I need to find those lists.
1: I wouldn't worry about it too much. We won't be on it for too very long. There's not a whole lot to say. Okay.
0: I didn't get to watch the Mythic Invitational just because my work schedule says no. Nah, you're not watching it during the week, and then this this weekend I did a lot of traveling, a little bit of magic here and there, wow. so. Um, so this week we're going to talk about the, the, uh, the Mythic Invitational. Uh, we're going to talk about my weekend up at the Charity 5K up at Moonbase. And then we started spoiler season for War of the Spark yesterday. Um, so we're recording this on April Fools. Um, so spoiler season started the 31st of March. So we, we have... As of now, 71 cards spoiled is what Mythic Spoiler is like showing me. So, quite a, quite a few cards. I'm um, really excited to see what else there is, because there's a lot. There's a lot we're going to yeah. talk about today.
1: So, starting with the Mythic Invitational, um, I'm going to be honest, I was kind of disappointed. Like, halfway through it. Uh, coverage was great up until day three when they started doing like top eight and trying to get to top four and stuff i'm just like this seems really boring because we're not playing as much magic as we should be um i know the top four it took them seven or eight hours to get through the top four and they took like an hour break in between pretty much each match and like each match was like that's, that's Each insane, match was super man. short, and like nothing went longer than thirty minutes. And then it was like forty five minutes later, and here is another match.
0: I is just... and like I understand that like PAX is a vi- a busy event, but like I feel like if your entire point of being at PAX is to have this event going on, like I feel like it wasn't particularly planned out very well that. Hey, here's 30 minutes and now here's some commercials and a little bit of stuff in between. Like
1: um what they ended up doing was a lot of recaps, a lot of going back and looking at the matches we just watched
0: unfold. Oh man.
1: I'm just like, guys, so come like play-by-plays pretty much. It was pretty much, here's the big play of this game. I'm like, guys, we just watched this like 10 minutes ago. We know what happened.
0: We know what happened because we literally just watched it.
1: Um, I remember there was a point... um, I think it was... uh, It was pretty sure it was yesterday, just before the actual final match. Um, Paul Cheon, I think he just got completely lost in what was going on. um, And was getting super-duper excited about this unnecessary play because... Peter, Peter Glosky, uh still had lethal. And he was like, Savich did this, this, and this. And I'm like, You you do know that we saw a shock on the top of Peter's library, right? He's he, is dead. Wicked. And it was like a minute of Paul Chino just going off on all these lines and all these things that Savich has done and like setting him up to turn the corner. I'm like, And as he's finishing his sentence, Savich is dead. Huh. <laughs> I'm just like okay guys you, you need to tone it down and actually look at game states here like be 100% saw the shock on the top of Peter's library like you're, you're going off on all these tangents and getting everyone confused for, for no reason um, I don't remember who his co-commentator was but she was just like like she was trying to stop him Tell him, um, but there's a shock, and, and he just kept going and going and going. And I'm um, just, I was kind of like, it was nice seeing new faces. It was nice like seeing Brian Kibler come back to Magic because he'd been a big heart. He'd made, had been real big into Hearthstone for a while. I
0: was really excited um, to see him and Day Nine. Like, yeah, those two together, right? Were just yep. like they were the, the casting crew they had for this was just phenomenal. Just all outstanding Uh, people.
1: But beyond the weird coverage things and the really long times in between games in Top 8 and Top 4, like, day one and day two, it was fast, it was quick. Um, Like, magic was going on all the time. Relevant games were being shown to us all the time. Like, if they did that all the time, that's great. Um, My other big complaint is duo standard is a terrible Dude, I, format.
0: This format was awful. Everything about this um, event was really good except for the format.
1: <laughs> and the whole reason they did the format was to give the challengers a fighting chance because they think that the people who spend the most time and learn like the best of 3 format are like our pros would are at a, at a really high advantage. I think going into day after day two, the MPL versus challenger win rate was only 55%. Hmm. Which I expected to be higher. Mm hmm. Seeing the number of MPLs and all that. That, like, I think it was about half and half in the top 16 going into day three. Um, but then, like, watching it on day four. Both challengers got knocked down into the lower bracket immediately. And then they had to fight it out to play against Peter, who got knocked down into the lower bracket by Andrea. And then that Savich got knocked out by Peter to, for Peter to go back in and play at the final match to try and knock Andrea down twice. The entire format was double elimination, which felt super weird.
0: Yeah.
1: Out of Magic of like coming into the end of it uh Peter had to beat Andrea in a best in in the duo standard format twice in a best of 3 so he had to win one and then he had to win another set
0: yeah
1: i'm um, just like this it feels super awkward yeah i just
0: i don't i don't understand
1: um, I, I guess i feel like duo standard comes down to luck more often i guess than not. because it was
0: um, uh just such a small pool that they felt double elimination would give people the best chance of doing well. But like, at, at a pool of 64, I think I'd rather do like double round robin and then like cut to top 16 or something.
1: Do like, what, what their round one was, what the first day was, was they were in pools and they play, I think they were, they were in pools of. Was it pools of sixteen? I think they were in pools of sixteen. That sounds right. Like I think that. it was
0: four pools of sixteen.
1: And they had to play each other, and then they had to play another person, and then it was weird. It was weird keeping track of everything. I know a lot of the good of the players that would have probably done well in a normal format set stand is like setup got knocked out super duper yeah. early. Like Reed Duke was out of their Almost
0: um, I know LSV was eliminated pretty, pretty quickly as well. Um, I again, this is all just like hearsay and what I saw on Twitter because I didn't get to watch the event, but it uh, it definitely seemed like not the best format, and I'm really upset by that.
1: I'm kind of I'm kind of glad the format kind of blew up in Wizard's face. Maybe they'll go back to actual magic and not try to introduce this random state of affairs trying to make these matches even. Like, we knew most of the challengers that were coming in were um, just they were fairly decent at magic because they play magic and then like to make top 8 in Mythic on Arena you have to be fairly good at magic it's not luck going to bring you to mm-hmm. the top. Of it. so i'm just like you're setting up these advan- these random games and the randomness of the duo standard format is something i'm just i'm not sold on for a competitive environment like this it reminds me a lot of hearthstone's conqueror mm-hmm. format where it's like you have yeah, i think it was 5 or 6 decks and then they ban one and then you have to win with all five Something like that. It's kind of what this reminds me of, and I'm not a fan of that format.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely really weird, so.
1: Moving on from the Invitational, how was your 5K this weekend?
0: So I went to uh, a charity 5K up at Moonbase that went to support, I believe, Duo, uh, which is a, um, a service dog or service animal charity event or charity support group. I, I I don't know a lot about them. It it was it was a chance for me to go play Legacy. To be honest with you, and for for a good cause nonetheless. So, um, I ended up playing Death and Taxes because the deck's great and I love it. Um, the morning of, I decided to cut the Manriki Gusari from my board and play a Cataclysm. Um, uh, round one, I played against Blue White Stone Blade. And drew the Cataclysm game two, and if it had been the Manrikuu, gusari I would have won that game. Uh, round two, I played Blue White Stone Blade, and game two, I drew the Cataclysm. And had it been the Manrikuu, gusari I probably would have won the game. Um, round three, I played Dredge in a really really good set of games. Um, there was a moment in game two. His my opponent's build was really weird, because he never saw a, uh, never saw prized amalgams. So I just don't know if he wasn't playing them, and it was playing putrid imps. So like, so there was a couple weird card choices that I wasn't, I wasn't sold on.
1: The putrid imp in was it regular yeah, it dredge was, it or balance? It, it was
0: regular dredge.
1: Futured Imp is supposed to be in regular dredge. It's um, it's another weird enabler.
0: Yeah, it's it's just another um, discard outlet. But man, it was, it was weird. But like, I don't understand that choice over him, Malcolm. Because uh, every everything else seemed really stock. He was on. He was also on uh for Street Wraith, which seems really aggressive, and I really like it. No, well, that's also is normal. It? Okay, That's normal.
1: Yeah. All these cards you're saying is fairly normal now. With the banning of Pro, they've adjusted to make it to where they have more black creatures for Icarid and things okay. like
0: that. Okay. So if, if you're saying it's normal, then I'll take your word for it. If, if the Dredge guy says Dredge is normal, then Dredge is normal. Um, <laughs> but there was a game... There was a moment in game two where he went to... Uh, he has, like... Probably ninety-five percent of his deck into his graveyard at this point. And has like three or two or three tokens that he'd been attacking me attacking me with for quite a few turns. And he goes to he dredges return and hits like triple triple amoeba off of his, his Dredge plus Faithless Leading for the turn. Um and casts Dread Return with twelve bridge from below triggers. He's like, is that fine? I'm like, oh, hold on. I have a response. So I activate my Vial on 3. <laughs> exile my Batter Skull, which then kills the token to exile the bridges. It was, it was a really, really cool play that I wasn't... I had never seen happen before, because, you know, Dredge, Dredge isn't that popular. So playing against Bridge from Below isn't that common, especially in Legacy. So I'm like, man, I, I feel smart for doing this. <laughs> um,
1: you know he gets to stack his bridge triggers, right?
0: Well, because because he had ta- uh, cast dread, dread Return, they the triggers I had already gone onto the stack. Oh. Yeah, so I did it in response to the triggers. Which Bridge then says, if it's in the graveyard, do the thing. Right. I'm not Well then
1: Moto lets you do it weird because you can still respond and stack the triggers.
0: Well that's just wrong. Huh. That's that's definitely not how that should be.
1: Because I can do that for things like sacrifice I can bridge vine, I can sacrifice Neonate, put and get a bridge trigger, with Neonate's trigger on the stack, people can try to interact and I can still get this I still get the zombie because I can stack the triggers. Because it's my permanent. It's my card.
0: But is the trigger's, trigger's already on the stack. Oh, well,
1: no. That's what I'm saying. is when They all go on the stack at the same time and then it shows you all your triggers.
0: No, I, I'm responding to the trigger.
1: Yeah, no. That's what I'm saying is they all go on the stack at the same time. For those cards. So, what you're saying is putting it, like, on the tr- for the trigger on it, on the stack, trying uh-huh. to get it back. Um... You should be able to do that, but it can get a little finicky on Moto. moto lets you do some weird things with it.
0: When a creature is put into an opponent's graveyard pool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it works like exactly like I wanted it to.
1: I'm I'm saying on Moto lets you do weird things. Oh, well,
0: Moto's bad. Fix your fix your stuff, Moto.
1: You know they're not going to. I know. Infinite Reflections is still broke on Moto.
0: Are Our- why do you know that?
1: Because Apache plays with Infinite Reflections on Lodo. He turns everything into Olmogs.
0: I'm not surprised by this, man.
1: It's only supposed to turn your things into whatever. It turned everything into whatever.
0: I don't... Okay. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, I... I lost the dredge putting me at 0-3. Um, the event paid out to top 32 so, at 150-some players, uh, I could still cash if I won out, I believe is is what the math was. Yeah. Um, So, the next round, I played... I didn't know what my opponent was doing, but he goes... Uh, he molts to five. Then, like, cast... Like, brainstorm, ponder, whatever... Thought seizes me, takes Thalia. Okay, no big deal. Uh, I just start beating him down with... uh, A Stoneforge carrying a Sword of of Fire and Ice. And then... He... uh, Goes to his turn. I port him off of his Underground Sea. He still only has the two lands. And he goes... Okay, I think I can do this. Pulls out a storm counter from his box. <laughs> Goes lotus petal, lion's eye diamond, uh, dark ritual cast entomb. Entomb on the stack. Crack no. Uh, resolve entomb. Get gristlebrand. Put gristlebrand into the yard. Cast burning wish. Uh, uh sacrifice the LED for. 3 black, so it puts him at like 4 black or something at the time. Cast uh, Exhume, which then brings back my Thalia. Draws 7 off of his Gristlebrand, looks at his hand, goes, Yep, you got it. <laughs> 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 I was not anticipating playing against Fins, but luckily Kyle's addiction of weird legacy decks has taught me that Fins is not very good against Death and Taxes. <laughs> so, uh, I have main board, Aether Swan Candice, and Spirit of the Labyrinth, plus four Thalia. So I'm like, well, this is fine. I'm going to bring in this other Sanctum Prelate, bring in a Pithy Needle for Gristle Brand, We'll call it a day. And then just go Thalia on two, Aether Swan Candice on three, uh, Sanctum Prelate off of Vile on four. And he's just like, yep, I can't beat that. <laughs> so, we finally get on the scoreboard in round four. Um round five, I play a really, really tight match against Brix's control, and it was it was really good. Um our game one took thirty nine minutes or something, and I, I was not dead, but I knew if I wanted to win the match I had to I had to concede and get on to game two. So Um I get to game two and I just go like mother, uh, like ether vial, and mother of runes, into Thalia, into, uh, Sanctum. Uh, put activate vial. Put in Sanctum Prelate on five because my opponent was tapped out. Cast Gideon allies the car. He's just <laughs> like, he's like, yep. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he had the force of will. But I really didn't want to find out, so I had to put it on five because that was the only that was the only spell he could have represented. So uh, removing removing the only way to interact with this card uh, seems fine. So then you know make a bear. He fatal pushes down my my sanctum prelate. I'm like sure whatever. I'm going to start beating you to death with this gideon these tokens. Um, Mistress factory carried a sword in that matchup, and it was great. Um, we we end up going to time, and I was ahead on board, but I don't know if I was going to win the match. But um, at the end of at the end of turns, my opponent conceded, and said that him and his buddy were going to go home. I'm like, dude, I I appreciate it. You know, I understand. S- thank you a ton. I I greatly appreciated it because you know, a, a draw at that point. Prevents both of us from cashing. yeah. So, or uh, prevents either of us from cashing. So him conceding means I still have a, a, a chance to cash. So I then that puts me at two and three. I then play against Infect. Um, game one, the only spells I cast were three Mother of Runes and a Sword of Fire and Ice, and I won. That game was that game was fun. <laughs> um, we we jokingly were talking about in between the rounds that I was playing Mom Tribal. <laughs> <laughs> so, post board, um, my hand is like Aether Vile, gta Thalia, Stone or something like that, mm-hmm. and like just very good cards in the matchup. So he forces the vial I then play um uh, I play Gta on two play Thalia on three uh play th- mom he forces my mom play thalia and resolve thalia uh and then on four equip Gta leave up the block he goes he goes for the attack uh he goes invigorate my uh, my glistener elf, so he would eat my Thalia. I'm like, alright. Uh first strike damage, get the counters on Jite. Karakus back my Thalia to my hand. He goes, Vines of the vast word, your Thalia. Aww. You got it, man. <laughs> Was not ready for that, but you got it. Um, so then I untap. Remove a counter... Kill his Glistener Elf... Kill his Noble Hierarch... Play... An Aether Swan Candice... Or just... Some generic 2-drop... Equip Jitte... Pass And this game's over... You know... At that point... I have an active Jitte... He has no creatures on board... And... The game was basically over... At that point... Um... So... It was... It was a really... That, that match was really good... Um... Next to me, I watched Elves versus Infect that round. Uh, next to me, on the other side, was Elves versus something. I'm like, man, did I luck out on pairings this round? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am not gonna complain about that one. And then um, round seven, there was eight rounds on the day. Round seven, I ended up playing Food Chain, and uh, he won. Th- uh, game one, he won through re- uh, Double Revoker, Double Revoker, Aether Sworn Candace Spirit of the Labyrinth. <laughs> Damn. So just like, I had everything and he fought through it. And it was disgusting. Uh, Game two, he fought through Pithy Needle, Double Revoker, Spirit of the Labyrinth, Aether Sworn Candice, Thalia. I'm just like, man. If if you have this much resiliency and like are able to like interact and prevent me from winning through all of that, you deserve it, man. Like, that did not feel particularly good ever. Like, there was not <laughs> a point where I felt like I was winning this game. So, uh, I ended up dropping at three and four. Went to Epic Pizza, which is right down the street from from Moonbase Market. And had some fantastic pizza, fantastic wings. Uh, if you haven't been to Epic Pizza, their their stuff is phenomenal. Um, I think me and you went there. The IQ that yep. I topped, uh, I placed second at. I yep. think I we ended up eating there. I'm like, man, this is this is some good stuff. I know, I know where we're eating every time we go to Moonbase. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was it was a really really great event. Um shout out to shout out to Moonbase for running your your amazing events as always. Um Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. They they try to do legacy events once a month, I think. Like larger legacy events at least once a month. I could be wrong about that. And they're always just fantastic. Dude, like we had 150 people turn up for a legacy event. That's that's phenomenal, yeah. Plus, I got to pick up some stuff for for Kiki Cheeky for Commander, which like I just hadn't been able to find anywhere else. So, yeah, it was it was a good weekend overall. Spent a little too much money on stuff I didn't need, but oh well. I have a, I, I picked up a French promo, uh, Valakut. and like I know I'm never gonna be able to sell it because one it's French and two it's a promo. But man do I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just one of those cards that like I know will always be mine and that's okay. So So yeah, that was uh that was my weekend. Anything exciting yours?
1: Um I won F and M with harden scales.
0: I also won I, I also won F and M, but I played Mardu Angels.
1: I beat Phoenix <laughs> in top four to win F and M, so
0: um, uh, so fantastic. standard standard we had, uh, I think nine people end up playing standard at FNM. Yeah. And, um, uh, it was a pack per win. So I walked out with, you know, four packs or whatever. And I didn't really pull anything from mine. Uh, Kyle, my roommate ended up opening, uh, like hollowed fountain. Sweet. I, I think it was hollowed fountain breeding pool electro dominance foil electro dominance from his three packs i'm like man that's we we've had some really good luck here on on packs here from standard events last couple months so yeah so yeah that was it was a really good weekend for for magic not not a lot of winning not nearly as much as i would have liked but enough to say i enjoyed it i had plenty so are we to the main event now yeah. So, um, War of the Spark happens here in like three weeks, two weeks, twenty six re- days. I don't know release date. It's twenty seventh.
1: Twenty seventh. You will not be playing. Sorry.
0: Not not saying why, but uh, one of the hosts of this podcast is getting married.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that specific day, apparently.
0: Like, so was that. Quentin and Apache were talking about trying to find a way to go to midnight release. I'm like, guys, you... No, please don't. Oh, <laughs> you see,
1: they didn't tell me that.
0: <laughs> oh, and by that, I mean nothing happened, and nothing in is trouble going now. on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Apache's idea, so yell at him.
1: No, I'm pretty sure it's Quentin's idea.
0: I, I'm pretty sure Apache mentioned it, but I could be wrong. But, uh, okay. you didn't hear that from me. Okay. <laughs> Quint, I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus if you listen to this. <laughs> oh, he does. <laughs> He'll know he's in trouble. So, um... 26 days. Um, like I said earlier, we have 71 cards spoiled. I think we said we're going to talk about,
1: about... About seven. seven of each
0: seven. or so. Yeah, we, we got... We got quite a bit we're gonna talk about today, so where do you wanna start, Carl? I did a lot uh, of talking in the last twenty minutes or so. Uh,
1: let's start by going over some of the mechanics that we're gonna see this set and
0: one's returning,
1: one's um new. I would call it I you can call it new. They reworded how it works. And then one is actually brand new. So, um proliferate is a returning a mechanic but they worded how it it's worded differently than old proliferate ones
0: oh see i um, didn't know that i should probably read this so
1: old proliferate was worded weird to where you just choose a counter on target permanent add one this one is, that was back then, that was worded that way because the only counters in Scars that mattered were Poisoned or poison Counters or neguin one, neguin one Counters. There mm-hmm. wasn't a Plus One, Plus One Counter theme as well to go with the neguin neguin Counters. So, most of the time you were just choosing one counter and that it was fine. Well, this has Plus One, Plus One Counters and Planeswalker Loyalty Counters and there's... Uh, like energy counters from Kaladesh that people can play with proliferate now, so they change the wording on proliferate to choose any number of permanents and/or players, then give each, then give each another counter of each kind already there.
0: So so in the event you have a Gideon that has a plus one plus one counter on it, now you can give it a plus one plus one and a loyalty counter, whereas before exactly. you couldn't.
1: That's exactly it.
0: Huh. Okay. I actually didn't know you couldn't do both from before
1: it it was the way it's just the way it's worded it was it you anyway um proliferate is back because it's a planeswalker base set plus, it's plus one plus one counter theme base set so it's just like here's all these counters and here's all these things all these blow to the counters so what my first card i want to talk about is flux channeler if you were watching the uh, Announcement on Sunday. You got to see this card already. Um, Lux Chandler is two in a blue for a two-two human wizard that reads: Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, proliferate. I think this card is
0: sweet. Um, I really like this card. Mine, mine is more from a commander, st- uh, like a commander's uh, standpoint. But I think this card's really sweet.
1: Why not standard? super friends we get to play this guy and we get to play opt and fogs and all this stuff and every time we cast a fog we get to proliferate our planeswalkers i
0: don't know i feel like that's just a little too clunky to be honest with you like like trying to protect your tutu is kind of kind of difficult and like I feel I feel like if you get it going, you're already winning that game. It, like if you have multiple planeswalkers going and like multiple things going on, you don't need this, like proliferate engine going as well, to to close out that game.
1: Well, you see, the problem with that is a lot of these new planeswalkers don't protect themselves and don't tick up very well.
0: Yeah, there's there's actually quite quite few that actually protect themselves well.
1: Um. That leads into what my next card is. Uh, Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage, an uncommon legendary planeswalker uh, for two and a black with three loyalty. That reads, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has one or fewer cards in hand, Davriel, Rogue Shadow Mage deals two damage to them. And has a neg one ability of target player discards a card. Now, there's no way to get more loyalty on this guy. He only goes down. The best way you're going to do this is to have cards like Flux Channeler in your deck that you can cast a spell and proliferate. You could also play Flux Channeler, cast another Planeswalker spell, and proliferate your Planeswalkers that are already on the field, which is fantastic. So there's a lot of cool synergies with the proliferate and being able to do this stuff. For Davriel by himself. This is an auto-include, it feels like, in the modern 8-rack rat de- eight rack decks. Like, it's Liliana of the Veil and a rack effect all in one card.
0: Which, which is everything that deck wanted to be doing anyway.
1: And less color restrictions. You can play it with two Mutabaults and a Swamp in play. Yeah. Which, sometimes that happens against an 8-rack. That, like, that's the thing that happens. So... I kind of, this almost feels like this might take the spot of the Veil, like, most of the Veils.
0: Oh, see, I, I don't think you're you're taking the spot of Veil, vale, but I think you're playing this alongside Veil vale for sure. I don't know if I'd want to be playing a bunch of Veils,
1: a bunch of Bridges, and a bunch of Davriels. No, oh, I, mean, I
0: forgot you also played Bridge in that deck.
1: We're at three cards, like, a bunch of three costs, so I feel like you're playing, like, three Davriel, three Liliana now, instead of the full place a Liliana.
0: It's interesting.
1: Like we trim a couple of the uh we trim like we trim Wrenchmind, we trim Veil, and we stick Davriel in to be both rack and discards like discard card.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think this card fits in that same spot as, as Wrenchmind. Um granted granted wrenchmind eats two cards immediately, whereas Davriel takes two turns to get those two cards and also costs an additional mana, but Um, I, I think having the, the additional text of the rack on it, on your, your Planeswalker already is enough to definitely look at, uh, playing this card in that for sure. This card seems really powerful.
1: Yeah. This is by far probably the, one of my favorite uncommon Planeswalkers.
0: Oh, I, I think it's the, if not the most powerful, definitely on that list. Um, I I really like this in, like, the board of Esper Control for Standard and the Mirror because eventually you want to run your opponent out of cards. So being able to have this card that also just, like, punishes your opponent for for using their resources, like, for for one-for-wanting, and then eventually also, like, drains your opponent from cards... Like, he's automatically a, a two-for-one if he doesn't get countered, because now they have to spend a card to answer him, and he's ticking down to take a card from you. Yeah. Let alone if he also gets to deal damage to you. <laughs> so yeah, I I really like um. in in the Esper Mirror. And he's, he's actually not the only card I'm going to talk about in the Esper Mirror today, I'm sure. Probably.
1: So, I've talked about two. You picked two out of your seven
0: talk about all right where do i want to start um let's let's talk about liliana's triumph we i played a lot of legacy this weekend and i had a lot of diabolic edicts cast against me and this card is nuts this card is edict and then some uh so liliana's triumph is a black and one for an instant each opponent sacrifices a creature If you control a Liliana Planeswalker, each opponent also discards a card. This card is nuts! Yeah,
1: that card's great. For two mana, that's that's a fantastic rate.
0: It's also an uncommon.
1: The, um... In standard, it doesn't seem that great, because most Lilianas at standard are, like, four mana, five mana.
0: So, right now in standard, we have, um... Untouched by Death which, like, I don't see zombie tribal being very good anytime soon. and You then, never know. And then we also have the new Liliana uh, dread, dread Horde General, um, which is, like, I think she's fine, like, just, just, like, glancing over her real quick. She seems fine, but I don't think the, the discard-a-card text on Liliana's triumph is what's going to make it good and standard. The, the things I'm looking at here with her is it answers things like Carnage Tyrant, which you, you sometimes, as a control player, can have problems dealing with. um, But, like, if you're killing a, a Carnage Tyrant with this, I feel like you're pretty much closing out that game anyway. You just answered their 6-mana spell with a 2-mana spell, and on top of that, they don't have anything else going on if it's able to take out a, uh, a Carnage Tyrant. um, It also um. answers... It cleanly answers the Danto Vanguard. Yeah. which like, is a really hard card for Esper to deal with in its current configuration because they're cutting down on Moment of Cravings and playing more cast downs. So, like, Adondo Vanguard is very hard for them to deal with.
1: Uh, I'm not seeing much in the way of Carnage Tyrant in standard right now to begin with, so oh, yeah. I don't know how relevant that is, but the Adondo Vanguard one, that's kind of nice. I, I feel agree. like Moment of Craving is still better because it gains you the life.
0: Which, against against the aggro decks, like, the, the the two life from Moment of Craving is very relevant. But, uh, this card definitely has modern implications. Like, I, I think this card very easily could be played in modern.
1: Oh yeah, we have both Veil vale and Last Hope, as Liliana's to turn this on, to turn on both halves of this card pretty easily.
0: That already, like, both of those cards already get played, and both of those cards also see play in Grixis Control and Legacy which I'm already playing Diabolic Edict in. Yeah. So, like, if I can also just have, like, this incremental value of, make one, making my Edicts better, and, like, two, just, like, base spell being an Edict is just fine. I think this card... I, I, I legitimately don't think Diabolic Edict is going to see play much after this card. Probably not. There's, there's just too much incremental value of Liliana's Triumph. Um, so that's one card on my list?
1: Yeah. You got one more.
0: Um, so do you want to talk about a Planeswalker or another spell? Your choice.
1: I did a Planeswalker. You do a Planeswalker.
0: All right. My vote for the best Planeswalker so far in this set. Teferi Time Reveler. This card is busted. This card is actually just insane. Uh, so Teferi is 1, a blue, and a white for a legendary Teferi with four, 4 loyalty. A state-based effect is each opponent can cast spells only any time they can cast a sorcery. Plus 1, until your next turn, you can cast sorceries as though they had flash. Neg 3, return up to 1 target artifact, creature, or enchantment to his owner's hand, then draw a card. This card is insane.
1: I'm so happy he can't bounce
0: himself. This Thank card is just insane. God, <laughs> This card is insane, man. The The, the fact that he already, like, you, you get to see the, the like, growth of Tefiri as a card because you have Ulta Tefiri that, like, prevents your opponent from playing cards on your turn and, like, gives your stuff flash. So, like, giving, giving your opponents that still same effect, but also being able to occasionally cast instant, uh, like sorcery speed cards on your opponent's turn is awesome. And then like, he also just protects himself, which is like something we talked about where not a lot of them do. So if he can neck three and tuck something, you know, I, I guess it's not actually tucking like, like hero of diamond area does, but so if he bounces something, he automatically replaces himself. So he's gaining you X amount of life already if he's if he's like bouncing a creature. He's already replaced himself, he's already gained you life, and if they have a second creature, he's going to gain you that much more life attacking him down. I think this card is absolutely insane.
1: I can just see pe peop- like I can see S Premieres just getting super freaking boring because oh, here's my Teferi. Well, here's my three mana teferi.
0: Now what? (laughs) Well, now we just get to sit here and look at each other. So, if I'm looking at that right, the Teferis then cancel each other out if you plus them, and you can then cast spells whenever? I'm not sure how that works. Because you can then cast sorceries any time. So you can cast sorceries as though they had flash, meaning you can cast spells at any time. My head hurts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, Teferi's not even printed yet, and he's making my head hurt. Yeah. I think this card is just absolutely insane. I I really, really just want to go Teferi plus during your draw step, Thought sees You.
1: I mean, the April Fool's joke running around was Thought sees Back in Standard, so...
0: Man, that would have been hot. I'm really, I'm really glad that's not a thing, because like that last standard format they had it in was not the funnest to play, in my opinion. Well,
1: the last format standard they had, and then the answers, like the threats, weren't that good. There was a lot of medium cards, and but then the just, answers like, were idiot.
0: insane. Yeah, and
1: exactly. Like you just had a really good slew of answers, and you only had like a couple threats because the threats weren't that good. We're and looking the at you, Siege Rhino. Just- the th- they just take your <laughs> thread away. I'm just like, well, the Thought Thought Seas was fantastic. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Twitter yet, there's the IDW comic promo duress art on top of a thought border or like on top of a thought seas card. It looks fantastic and it looks super flavorful that way. Especially since Dak dies. I wouldn't be upset if Duress with that art was printed. <laughs> Same into the set.
0: Same. Um, speaking of have giving foils spells of that flash, art. though,
1: I have a card that gives my spells flash as well. All right. Um, mine's a land though. I I got a nice utility land here. Uh, Emergence zone is a uncommon land that taps for colorless, and you may tap one and tap it and sacrifice it. To give your spells, you may cast spells this turn as though they had flash. So, this is to represent the Planner Bridge dumping the army of Bolus into the Heart of Ravnica. And I think this land is fantastic.
0: It's also super flavorful, and I love
1: um, it. We have Crucible Worlds in Standard right now. And Ooh. we get to do fun shenanigans with this. Carl's over here
0: brewing already.
1: <laughs> I got a GP and KC. I might go play at. I got to start brewing now.
0: Uh, funny enough, David actually texted me this weekend. He's like, "All right, so we started getting the spoilers. We need to start figuring out how we're going to start testing." I'm like, "Dude, I'm all for it. I really, I really want to do well at my hometown GP." So, yeah,
1: agreed. Um, but I, I like I always like cool utility lands. I think Zulfur and Void from Dominaria is just a fun land. Yep. Because it's a land that scries one and it's just super cool that way. Uh, See, emergency Zone, I think, is fun.
0: You're not having enough fun unless you also strip mine people.
1: I you mean, need, you, you need to play field more to ruin. Field of Ruins. I love Field of Ruin. My other uncommon card. Uh, my last uncommon card of my seven is Angrath's Wrath. This is the modal sorcery. This
0: this card is Wait, this thing's awesome. an uncommon? Yeah. There's no way this thing's an uncommon.
1: I'm looking at it right now and it says it's an uncommon.
0: Holy cow, this card is sweet. I mean, See, you only get to pick one. Yeah, but this card is still sweet. I'm, I'm all for modal cards, man.
1: So Angrath's Wrath is a black and a red sorcery you may choose one target player sacrifices an artifact target player sacrifices a creature or target player sacrifices a planeswalker so this is i would i would call it a fixed form of devil because yeah the yeah. devil was really hard to cast it was really hard in your mana base the, the benefit only benefit it had was it was an instant this so, being sorcery speed at 2 and being able to do the same exact
0: thing? Actually, it does more. Because Bedevil doesn't clear a, a Danto Vanguard.
1: Or um we can Emergence Zone and get him to sacrifice their Gideon.
0: Got him! Wait, why are we why don't we just make him sack a Planeswalker?
1: That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, but why do we have to give it
1: Because sometimes they might have more than one Planeswalker, and Gideon is recognized as a creature on their turn.
0: I mean, you're not wrong? He's
1: also indestructible on their turn. Yes, you are correct. And if they have more than one Planeswalker, they'll just sacrifice the other Planeswalker.
0: I mean, it depends on what the other Planeswalker is.
1: I mean... We have we might get to Gideon here in a little bit. Gideon's pretty uh, Gideon, good.
0: Gideon is on my list. I I am going to be talking about Gideon for sure.
1: I mean I mean Gideon's really good. Now I'm not going to say he's not because this Gideon's actually probably really good. There's a reason he's at mythic.
0: Is this a perfect segue for Gideon? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have Gideon Blackblade. Uh, so for white white and one we have a legendary Gideon with four loyalty. As long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a 4-4 Human Soldier with Indestructible that's still a Planeswalker. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to Gideon Blackblade during your turn. Plus one, up to one other target creature you control gains your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Indestructible till end of turn. Neg six, Exile Target, non-land permanent. This card is sweet, man. This card is really sweet.
1: Next six seems like a weird value.
0: It really does, but I don't even care. I have a 4-4 indestructible.
1: God, that's three turns, otherwise we lose our 4-4 four, four for three mana? I don't like that.
0: So the, the fact that he can't give himself lifelink is kind of weird. And, like, I don't mind it, but it's really weird.
1: I mean, it kind of makes sense because he's... Helping lead the forces of Ravnica against Bolus, and not uh, actually, like, giving himself buffs. He's giving other people buffs, which is flavorful for Gideon.
0: Yeah. So, so um, I play... I currently have a Gideon of the Trials in my board of, of Death and Taxes. And I kind of want to try this instead. Does that make me crazy? No. Like I, I already so. play a bunch of dudes, so like, why not also benefit from playing a bunch of dudes, which like Gideon wants you to do? And occasionally I can vindicate.
1: I was gonna say getting to the trials is more for. I feel like getting the trials is a better. I'm not gonna die because I have this guy on the field because I have the emblem. Whereas this one is this is a really big beat stick. You're I just going to punch die. You.
0: <laughs> like, you're going to, to die
1: um, I like Gideon I like this Gideon a lot Um, if I had to play a white card I'd probably play this Gideon and I hate white cards so it gets my approval
0: yeah I, I really like this card I'm really excited to, to actually cast this one I mean, what's your other card? Uh, let's talk about widespread brutality, shall we? Sure. I had to find it. Oh no! I wasn't prepared, man. Are you actually surprised? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a uh, a sorcery for black, two red, and a uh, all right, one black and two red. There we go. Uh, this is a mass two. Then, the army you amassed deals damage equal to its power to each non-army creature. Have we talked about amass yet? No. Okay. So, to amass two, you put two 1-1 counters on an army you control. If you don't control an army, create a 0-0 black zombie army creature token first. So, worst case scenario, this is Mega Tutu Pyroclasm.
1: Which is super bad. Like, that doesn't seem the worst, though. At four mana, that's super bad, because at four mana we have things like Kaya's Wrath. You are correct. But also have really hard color requirements.
0: I mean, this is also a pretty hard color requirement, though.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's the the comparison I'm making, is Kaya's Wrath is a better version of this.
0: But, this also has upside of being able to deal... Three, deal four, deal six damage. It's That's like, all
1: well and good, but we have to mass first.
0: So <laughs> one might ask you, how are we going to amass?
1: I can help with that.
0: Huh, convenient.
1: <laughs> uh, the first of my last three cards, starting at rares, is Dread Horde Invasion. A lot of people have been comparing this card to Bitter Blossom. Spoiler Which,
0: alert, it's not Bitter Blossom. It's
1: not. It's close. But it's not. It has uh, text
0: that Bitter Blossom also has, yes.
1: It has additional text beyond that. But uh, Dreadheart Invasion is an enchantment for one in the black that reads at the beginning of your upkeep, you may you lose one life and amass one. Uh, it also has the additional text box of whenever a zombie token you control with power of six or greater attacks, it gains lifelink until end of turn.
0: This card's really sweet.
1: I like this card a lot. Um, This helps a lot with just the total of amassing of the amass mechanic. Uh, I feel like this card is going to be probably a $20 card standard if the deck is good. Probably a $10 card if the deck is bad.
0: So, uh, interesting note. I don't think this is main deckable, but I definitely like it in the board of Blue-Black X Control. Specifically for, again, the Control Mirror. Because, like, like in, in previous seasons, if you just play Search for Asgander or Argyle's Bloodfast on two, like, you just run away with the game. So, like, this is another hard permanent for the control player to deal with, If especially if you can play it on two. So, like, they had to have exactly spell pierce to deal with this if you're on the play. And if not, you just start taking over the game very quickly. Like, um, I, I can like, see. Go ahead. Like, I understand, like, this is turn three, make a 1-1, turn four, attack for two. But, like, then it also is then attacking for three and four. And, like, if you're playing something like widespread brutality as well, it's then attack for six, you know. So this adds up very quickly where it can get out of hand. The, The big problem is it's not Bitter Blossom. Bitter Blossom requires your opponent to deal with multiple creatures at once. Whereas this just makes one really big creature. And one really big creature is way easier to deal with than five 1-1s. Or whatever you have.
1: Yeah. Um, if that's how that works, then it would kind of be counterproductive of the army. I feel like the amass the mechanic... It was clo- it's close to being like a constructed playable mechanic, but the fact that you could only have like one army at a time
0: kind of sucks. I I really like it, and unfortunately, uh, I just feel like it's it's missing something. But I need a way to make a second army.
1: I I need a way to make multiple armies. Yeah, as like, or like a multiple like multiple ways to just like make sure this army doesn't just straight up die to whatever. These things are supposed to be the Eter- it's supposed to represent the Eternals invading like in the city. Like these things are supposed to be hard to kill, right?
0: Yeah, which as of right now, it's really not.
1: Exactly. Um, my second to last card that made my top seven so far of the spoilers, uh, Vivian's Arkbow.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to read Vivian and I was going to punch you. <laughs> no,
1: I have, I don't, I, I like the arc bow more than I like Vivian. Well,
0: you're wrong, so.
1: I Go have another on. Planeswalker.
0: Go on, we'll, uh, we'll uh, argue here in a minute.
1: Vivian's arc bow for one and a green. You get a legendary artifact that reads pay X, tap, and discard a card. You look at the top X cards of your library. You may put a creature card with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So, we dump 2 mana in and we find a scavenging use in Modern. We get to put that on the battlefield. We dump 3 mana in and we find Tireless Tracker. We get to put that on the battlefield. We put 4 in. We get to play... Time, mom. Pod bomb or Seed Rhyno
0: <laughs> or I'd love to put a Seed in. I mean, obviously this gets better the bigger X is. Yeah. The, the problem with it is I feel like if you're dumping that much mana into a spell, I'd rather just basically do anything else. And I understand like, if you're behind, this can catch you up a lot. But like, I just, I feel like I just am not really impressed with this card.
1: It's not restricted to sorcery speed, which is I thought it was the start. I actually
0: did not know that.
1: It's instant speed. You can activate this on your opponent's turn, put in this blocker, block your dude. My turn.
0: Ambush Viper.
1: Every card is an ambush viper.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if you're if you're at least getting a 2-1 for two. <laughs>
1: How about a 3-2 for 3?
0: Or a 4-5 for 4.
1: Exactly! Now you're, now you're
0: learning. Or or we can play Fleece Main Lion, and we can get a 3-3 three, three for 2. And that's strictly better than a 2-1 for 2. Oh, yeah. I, plus, I've done if enough it, math. plus, if it survives, we can make
1: it indestructible.
0: See, I've done enough math to know that that's just, just a good return. <laughs> um, <laughs> I
1: see this being very cool for Commander players. I,
0: I do like this card for Commander. I will admit that.
1: Um... I don't see any use outside of Commander and maybe like a brawl format. That's kind of where I'm just like at on this point is it's like this is sweet for Commander. It's like lets you play out, lets you just grab a creature from your deck, put it into play. Kind of like how the Pod bomb deck like could be a toolbox deck or a combo deck. This is leaning more towards a toolbox style of card where you just have, you get to go look at this, all this mana ramp, dump it into this, go and find a card that I need to answer this problem permanent. Go find a card I need to keep my stuff alive.
0: So basically what you need to do is you need uh, this and then uh, Rings of Bright Hearth and Basalt Monolith so then every turn you can just tutor for whatever you want. Exactly! (laughs) Granted, I feel like if you have infinite mana you're already basically going to run away with the game. So, you know, infinite mana, tutor for a card doesn't seem particularly powerful.
1: (laughs) Depends on what that tutored card is. Here's my emeral.
0: Here's my emeral
1: on your end step.
0: So that card's not commander legal.
1: (laughs) I didn't say which emeral.
0: You are correct. Interesting side note. Um, Kyle went and bought two of the uh, chaos packs from Walmart that are like, you know, chaos sealed pools or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. And in it, uh, he bought two of them. Mine came with two M19 uh, rifles, Amonkhet, Eldritch Moon, and Dominaria. His came with the same, except instead of the second M19, he had a second cat pack. Uh-huh. And he ended up, he's like, well, I've never seen anything good pulled out of these, so probably not expecting anything. And he goes to open his Eldritch pack. He's like, man, I really just want to open a Big Mama. And he gets to his rare, and he's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, huh, neat.
1: <laughs> um, my last preview card for this episode. Uh, working title here. I'm pretty sure this is not the correct wording on it. It might be. I don't know. Uh, Nicol Bolas, Dragon God. For a black, uh, three black, so black, 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 blue, and red, you get a legendary Bolus Planeswalker with four loyalty, uh, Nicol Bolas Dragon God has all loyalty abilities of all other Planeswalkers on the battlefield, he has the plus one of you draw a card, each opponent then exiles a card from their hand or a permanent they control, a neg three to destroy target creature or Planeswalker. And then the Neg 8 is each opponent that doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. The fact that this can go doubling season, Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, kill you all is kind of gross. I agree. Um, Also, just being able to steal all the other abilities reminds me of Mega Man.
0: That's interesting. <laughs>
1: and I'm a sucker for Mega Man, so the fact that I can just, like, here's my Mega Man, take all your stuff.
0: So I actually misread this the first time, and I thought he had all static abilities of Planeswalkers. I'm like, that doesn't even do anything. I'm like, my test read already gives everything affinity. Does this give it double affinity? I'm like, this just doesn't do anything and then i'm like oh man i I'm, I'm just dumb this card's this card's <laughs> nuts, <laughs> yeah this
1: card this card is, can be really good um cute note is you can take your you like you get double activate off your other planeswalkers with him so oh, yeah. like with the flip nickobolus you can just like activate that plus up a plus up twice or like take a planeswalker from your opponent's side say they have a Gideon and we want to give our dude indestructible or vigilance or lifelink or whatever we just take that Gideon's plus one with Nicol Bolas and we give our dude vigilance, lifelink or whatever or the um, I can't remember what Vivian's plus one
0: is dang it oh well so Um, Um, Vivian's really sweet, actually. I'm really excited to talk about her here. So, uh, Vivian, Champion of the Wilds. Um, green and two. Uh, yeah, green and two. Uh, four mana loyalty. Or four loyalty. I'm sorry. I can't talk. And you may cast creature cards as though they had flash. Plus one until your next turn up to one target creature gains vigilance and reach. So it's good on offense and defense, which is really sweet. Uh, Then negative two, look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one face down. Put the rest on the bottom in any order. For as long as you control, as long as that card remains exiled, you may look at that card and may cast it as if it it is a creature card. Neat. Yeah, I, I really like this card. It's basically draw a card. But it like also has flash. I, I actually don't know why it's not just draw card.
1: Um. Because the arc bow. The flavor of the arc bow ah. is the creatures are stored in the arc bow.
0: Interesting.
1: Do we have to keep control of Vivian? Do we? Nope. Or do or can we? Okay. So it's, so it is exactly it is exactly, it is exactly yeah. like arc like the arc bow like how it works. Is you, the archbow just is where they where she holds all the creatures, so that that's why it's like that. Because if it was just draw a card, then your opponent could interact with it, and we want it to be uninteractable, more or
0: less. Yeah. I I really all like the these... fact that she gives everything flash.
1: Yeah, giving all your creatures flash is pretty sweet.
0: Like in in Sultai, you can just be like, all right, go. Leave up, leave up, disdainful stroke or whatever. End of your turn, play my hydrocrisis. That sounds hot. Oh goodness! I want to do that. Nexus
1: and Re- civic reclamation.
0: The problem is she oh, just doesn't do like anything else in that
1: deck. She digs you through to whatever you need.
0: But you can she only cast creatures off of her.
1: Yeah, like, you, if, you, if you see, like, cards you don't want in there, you just take the card you don't want and, ex- and just have it exile.
0: I think that's super medium.
1: I like the fact that we can get, like, the only thing we need to do is to give Hydro Crisis flash.
0: I, I just like big, flashy, hasty Hydro Crisis's.
1: It's what we need to do, and it's the best way to do it so far.
0: I mean, there's also Sumat, which I don't want to talk about, but...
1: <laughs> we don't talk about her.
0: <laughs> Wait, we, we literally have Domery in the set that gives it haste and pays for it. We yeah, literally have Domery That's still on our in.
1: turn. <laughs> That's still on our turn, though. I want to do it on my opponent's turn, so I have my mana next turn.
0: It's the so whole point. it's
1: the whole point. Why we give it flash?
0: I I mean, I just want to do it one time. I'm not saying it's gonna be good, but I just want to flash in Hydro Creases. Oh, let's see, what else do I have on my list? Um uh, Let's talk about a one mana black enchantment. Can you guess which one?
1: Uh the only one. Kaya's ghost.
0: Damn, I was hoping there was a second one. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Kaya's Ghost Form is a one-mana aura. Uh, Enchant creature or planeswalker you control. When Enchanted Permanent dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. This card is really cool.
1: Yeah, it seems to be... Like, I'm gonna... It seems to work really well with these black planeswalkers that can all but kill themselves.
0: (laughs) Like, it's really sweet with Davriel. You can be like, alright, tick down, tick down, bring it back to play, your turn you take two. But also I get to make you tick down again.
1: Oh, if you get to do it on your turn, you just get to, like, you could do, like, uh, where is it? I just saw this one. Where is
0: it? I don't know what just, we're looking for.
1: I, I know what I'm looking for. I'm trying to find it. It was a weird one that has a weird number. Is it Ob? It might be Ob. Yeah, it's Ob. Ob is a weird one. Ob Nixless, the Hate Twisted, is a weird card. But the Neg 2, like, you can destroy target creature. You can destroy your own creature, get it back, and draw two cards.
0: Man, that's hot.
1: I like that. I kind of like that. That seems like kind of a fun limited thing to do. If it has a cool ETB, you get to do that again as well.
0: Man, what what cool cards do we know with really good ETBs? Um. So there's like Wild Growth Walker. I mean, there's a like, um, Jay Light Ranger. So we can, all, we like can any explore of the again. Explorers. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: Tide Sail Rebooter.
1: Yeah, uh, looking through these, there's Fraska's Finisher.
0: I actually don't know what this card is. Uh,
1: it's the one that can destroy target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls that was dealt
0: damage this turn. That card's interesting. Hmm. Um, Herald of the Dread Dreadhorde. Dread Horde. So yeah, can, that's another good we can, one. We can get an army and then bring it back for another army.
1: We get, we get it. We get a two-two when it dies because it's a mass two, and then it comes back, and then we kill it again, and get a four. We have a four-four now. Love it. I like. I think now looking back at Liliana Dreadhorde General, she'd be better if it made a two, like a, a like a, if it had if massed. she made an
0: army. Yeah, if she made an army, she'd be really sweet. If she was one mana cheaper,
1: started at five, and amassed instead of a black, unless even
0: if it was if it wasn't a mass two, if it was make a zero zero, put two counters on it, so it always made a new army. That'd be sweet.
1: It doesn't even have to do that. It can just put maybe just a mass one. Yeah. Like a mass one is fine at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. Oh no, I dropped cards. Oh no. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about Dovin's Veto. Yeah, that card's sweet. I want to talk about Negate on crack. Like,
1: super powerful Negate.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, So, it is literal Negate, but it costs a blue and a white, and it's also uncounterable. So, like, you're going to win this counter war.
1: <laughs> Unless we exile it on the stack. Then then we don't win that counter Which
0: part. there are currently zero ways in standard to do.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at internal play outside of that, because this seems really good in like legacy counter wars and I don't think it's modern better than Flusterstorm
0: though. Flusterstorm no. is already the oh shit button.
1: Flusterstorm, like you only have so many copies. you can only afford so
0: many copies of Flusterstorm. True. And interesting note is this can hard counter a Jace, whereas Flusterstorm can't touch a Jace. Exactly. So there's there's definitely implications, but I, I don't see this card seeing play outside of uh, standard, maybe a little bit of modern in like Jeskai. Like, they're already playing mainboard negate sometimes. It, is this just better than negate in that spot?
1: I mean, the mana's a little bit harder, but most of the time in modern, you'll have your colors set up anyway. So. Probably not. I feel like this is just a better because it's it can't be countered, negate. It gets through chalice. It gets through.
0: Man, I always I forget. Like, I always forget that text of you know gets around chalice. Yeah. Chalice and on chalice two is really very, big. Chalice on two isn't very often common though.
1: Um, it's more common than you think now.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Um. But yeah, I feel like it's better than it's, it's probably better than the gate. It's see more play for it. it'd see play like in that spot. People will play with it for a while, probably.
0: I think this card's really good at like reviving Jeskai control on standard. Probably. Like, I mean, Esper's also really good, but man, I think this is a really big reason to be in Jeskai. Like, I have this plus Niv Mizzet, so like, not only do you get to counter their spell, but you also get to draw two cards. Like, that sounds hot. Yeah, man. Uh, I just Before we go, visit. are you looking at it too? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I'm. I'm just. They massacred my boy.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say before we go, I have the worst card spoiled oh, I'm so, so far. So sad, man. To give away here, uh, this award goes to Niv Mizzet Reborn, uh, who is a now a Wooburg dragon avatar. Uh, flying when Niv visit reborn enters the battlefield reveal the top 10 cards of your library for each color pair choose a card that's exactly those colors from among them put the chosen cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order now this card is unconfirmed we're not 100% certain this is the actual text on it but there's been some photos of it running around and I feel like this is just a re done version to make it visible and readable uh, they
0: massacred my boy. This card's terrible. This card is like, awful.
1: From a gameplay perspective, this card is terrible in anything but Commander.
0: It's not <laughs> even good there, man. It can be. It requires so much setup to be good, though. Man, I, was, I mean, I was really excited when I misread this card and thought i put him into play.
1: <laughs> if you play a bunch of just two-color cards... And you hit you hit this you you have a chance of hitting like four or five cards off of it so you get to draw like five cards in commander that's great and mean, in
0: standard this card's terrible <laughs> but you can hit like Niv Mizzet and Kaya's Wrath and are we
1: playing five color control on, now is that hold what hold we're on. doing
0: into Fury. Uh Discovery
1: Uh Assassin's Trophy.
0: Tristani.
1: <laughs> Is Discovery Yeah, Discovery Dispersal. Yeah. You pick that one up, that's fine. Um <laughs> What red white card have we not talked what 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 third red white? Um,
0: oh... Justice Strike. I was gonna say fresh faced recruit.
1: <laughs> I like Justice Strike. We get we ain't got enough removal picked up yet. We got a trophy and we got Justice Strike. Um
0: So we have a Kaya's Wrath. That deals with everything.
1: But that's a Kaya's Wrath, that deals just that's just a that's a four mana bet. Like, what if we needed a two mana?
0: I'm so sad.
1: But yeah, this uh, story-wise, I feel like <laughs> what happened here, this is the result of Firemind's insight. Uh, research. Or whatever it is. Research. The the cool little promo Yep, has him look into that capsule thing.
0: And he's looking back at himself.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is the culmination of all that. But beyond that, I think that's about it. Uh, I'm really I excited to for really more Planeswalkers, about. man. I mean, I am not excited because we don't have that much removal yet. I was expecting more
0: Planeswalker removal. You have Bedevil. You have the angry cow. They're all in red-black, though. You have Fraska's Contempt.
1: That's just black. <laughs> and this set's gonna be here when all when Fraska's Contempt rotates. All of these Planeswalkers are still gonna be here.
0: Also... Shout out to Angrath, the captain of cows. Yeah, that Angrath's pretty sweet. The the French text, I, I love it. It's it it's chaos, but it looks like cows.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man. A lot of these cards are really
1: cool, like the Karn, the great creator, but a lot of them I didn't want to talk about because they're not confirmed.
0: Kyle was Kyle and I were talking about playing Karn in Vintage.
1: <laughs> one sided stony silence I love it yep
0: there's no rod on turn one go I'm really excited I'm assuming we're gonna get a Dakfaden at some point
1: we should can we get we actual be... Dakfaden no damn all the mythic spots for planeswalkers are gone so no are they they're only we're gonna have three mythic planeswalkers it was gonna be Liliana Gideon and Bolas
0: Is Gideon confirmed at Mythic? Because that definitely looks like a uh, masterpiece Gideon.
1: That's the redone of the stained glass Gideon. All these arts are just the redones of the stained glass that are actually an art form.
0: Yeah, but is it not? It's like full art, though.
1: That's that's exactly what they are. That's why... The Dav- That's why the Davriel is covering it up. I went through and looked. Liliana's head goes over the E in Dreadhorn. Obnixilis' horn is poking into his text into his title box, and those were confirmed already. Like that. Hmm. So what I'm assuming is is they're taking the the stained glass art and it's just here's all the art. We're just going to put the text in around it. And unfortunately, Davriel's entire text title box is pretty much covered. Except for, like, Rogue Shadow Mage.
0: Man, I just wanted a Niv-Mizzet Planeswalker, and they ruined it.
1: I mean, how about Niv-Mizzet Dragon Avatar?
0: Yeah, but he's not good, man.
1: No, no. They just, Granted, this is also unconfirmed. So it could it could be different, true. But the the likelihood, likelihood of him this being uh, wrong is very slim.
0: So yeah, anything else we want to talk about this week, man?
1: Um, SCG Cleveland is this weekend. I'm not gonna lie,
0: I forgot about that.
1: Uh, it's modern, that's why.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I'm probably not gonna watch it.
1: Um. I have, a, I have that, a Smash
0: tournament to go run this weekend. I was
1: gonna say we're playing Smash. That's why we're not gonna be watching it.
0: I mean, I need to. I need to go get reps. I gotta go learn Ganondorf in a week.
1: Have fun <laughs> with that. I'm probably gonna be the tournament organizer and probably just keep track of everything.
0: I mean, it, it depends on how big it is. Uh, if it's if it's more than like maybe 15 people, I'll probably just be TO all day. If it's if it's small, I'll play. But
1: I don't mind toing. I don't... I, I'm... It's not something I haven't done before.
0: It's so. also my tournament, though. I'm not gonna make you TO my tournament. Nah. Well, you're using my equipment, so... I mean, you're not wrong. We'll... We'll figure it out. We got less than a week. Yeah. And, of course, uh, anyone who wants information on that, contact me and or Carl on Twitter. Um, our information will, as always, be down in the show notes at cardanoble twenty five at musical underscore 33 at attack for zero. Um, Email it for questions, comments, concerns down in the show notes as well. Um, Anything else, man? Nope. I think that'll be it. Cool. I think that's going to do it for episode 14 of the Attack for Zero podcast, everyone. Um, Y'all have a wonderful week. We'll, We'll see you next week. Peace.